I'm Dawn. And I'm Tracy. And we are Real Women. Hello, Dawn. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I'm good. It's the sun's starting to come out. It's um, yeah. I think this goes out not long after we record it, but we're getting towards the end of May at the minute. Uh, and I think this is going out towards the um, end of May. And yeah, the sun's starting to come out. There's more sunny days than rainy days in more ways than one right now. Good. Um, although the latest report from the MPC was a bit of a rainy day mentally. Okay. So um, yeah, today we're having a sort of one of our shorter sessions and we're going to cover... Mine and Dawn's obtuse thoughts around the cost of living crisis. So that's what we've got on today. So, yeah, as we record this uh, last week, the MPC, who are um, the Monetary Policy Committee, raised interest rates yet again for the 12th time in a row. And we are now at a Bank of England base rate of 4.5% which it hasn't been that high since just before 2008, before the previous recession. First of all, it's absolutely bullshit that these things don't happen on purpose, firstly. Yeah. They know the cycle. They manoeuvre the markets to make it happen, and and that's that. So it, it pisses me off when we're told, oh, it's the Ukraine war and it's this and it's blah. It's all a load of shit. Because the last time the interest rates went up ridiculously, there wasn't a war and there hadn't just been COVID. And for the last 100 decades or however long, every time this has happened. So first of all, this is an economic cycle that that is on rinse and repeat in the same way as the markets crash and then we have a bloody, you know, economic crisis climate crisis and then the interest rates go up and blah da, 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 da. so apart from the fact that i never watch the news because it gets on my nerves i'm going to be the least able to contribute facts so all i can talk about is how i feel about it which in my world means it's true and that's that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, if, it, if it's in dawn's world it's true but that's that's actually valid of anything isn't it what is true is what we feel and what we believe that's true because That's true for us. So firstly, I think anybody who's over the age of 10 needs to get their head around the fact that this will always happen decade after decade after decade after decade. Anybody who's in business needs to always be, this is is why you have to have uh, understanding and education and a strong cash flow Actually, forget whether you're in business or not, even a household, you know, you have to have a strong cash flow. And what happens is usually when labour comes in, they let lots of people lend stuff and that gives the economy a boost because people lend a load of money. The banks make money and people spend stuff and then people are in a load of debt and then the cycle comes around again and the crisis goes on. All the interest rates go up and everybody's fucked. But they they do it on purpose. It, it it is rinse and repeat. So so to to blame anybody is out of my spectrum. I, I I don't. This is just the way global economy is set up. That's it. And so from my point of view, 
I just accept it. I don't like it. But then there are benefits, though, aren't there, Tracy, when the interest rate goes oh, up? Because God, yeah, in some circumstances, there are benefits. I mean, it, it's quite interesting. If it, The whole world at the minute is suffering from economic crisis, yeah? I, I believe ours here in the UK it is probably a lot to do with the cost of increase on food. Food production has been an issue. Oil went sky high at one stage, although that's starting to come down again now. But at the end of the day, the MPC didn't have much of a choice because inflation is still in double digit digits. And if inflation's in double digits, the only power the MPC's got is to increase rates to try and get inflation down. Because if we sort of stop spending a little bit, then by default, some of the prices get reduced. It's like any business, isn't it? If you haven't got enough customers or customers aren't buying because of economic reasons, then you put sales on, you drop your prices and suddenly, you know, people will buy because you've now got things at the right price for them. But in that period where the price is is too high for them, some people will just stop buying and curb their spending. Which so, has then a massive economic... Yeah. To keep the, what we've got to do is keep that flow of money in and out and in and out and in that's, and out. That, that's yeah. what's going on, the flow of money. And in lots of ways, I think, you know, we've had food increase prices. Yeah, we've got rates higher than they've been in 10 years. I mean, at the end of the day, we've had an easy life in terms of how our mortgages since about 2008 because the interest rates went really low everybody had a bit of extra money people were buying a bigger house because the interest rates were low and now some people are getting impacted because the interest rates are going up so you know there are going to be people out there that are struggling there's no bones about it dawn some people's mortgages have gone sky high because the interest has gone up two of my buy to let mortgages have just doubled because yep. they came to the end here, and I haven't actually put the rents up because I haven't put the rents up. I mean, we'll give it till next year. They've been on the same rent for about five years, let's say. They've been with in that property. But do you know what? They really look after my property. They're a lovely, lovely little family. It's not cheap to rent. It's not, I have made my money out of that property. Um, it felt like a bit of a blow when the mortgage, and he said, oh, this is going to go up. And it literally has doubled. Yeah, well, um, there's a lot of people coming off of yeah. fixed rates that yeah. might still be on a rate of 1.8%. And they're going to be coming off of those. Um, and the you know, as they come off those and go to variable rates, their mortgages are going to double and possibly even triple depending on which lender they're with. And and frankly, if that was, if you were already on um, a bread line and then you, well, can you remember in the, in the 80s? Oh God, yeah, they, people were handing keys back. Like, but they were also killing themselves yeah. because they, they were, they did, Crude lot of negative equity, haven't they? And their houses weren't worth. And this is what's going to happen again. This is what worries me because what came out, um, you'd got the, you know, the fact that seven out of nine of the MPC voted to increase the rates. It's the only power they've got right now. That, you know, that 
inflation is in double digits and they want to reduce it back down again. Um, we need to stop bloody spending, people, because, you know, if we... But if people stop spending, there are other impacts. There are other impacts, yeah. And if you think about it, and I'm not an economist, Dawn, I don't I don't fully understand half this. No, but also, can I say, Tracy? Yeah. If it was just a matter of understanding economics, they wouldn't argue about it. The people who are qualified and have very important positions don't all agree. No, they, they don't. don't. They don't. So, so I think that us who don't do that for a living can let ourselves off the hook for not understanding all their... Uh, well, it was a bit like, and I quite like the royal family, so I've got, and I know that they bring in lots of income, a hundred million on there. I know, Tracy, that I could have put together a marvellous coronation and not spent a hundred million pounds and the income would have been the same. I think you got, uh, I don't know, I'm a bit of a... I don't totally believe everything I read in the papers and I do I rarely watch the news unless it's to catch the end of the weather. I do keep abreast of looking at news that's come out for specific topics. But here's the bit, and they've done it at the Royal Weddings as well. Journalists, reporters, people providing us the information are gonna spin it. It's statistics. You spin statistics in whatever way suits your argument. So they'll add up 100 million for the coronation, yeah? The majority of the people taking part of it don't get paid any extra for being at coronation. All those servicemen, the Navy, the Army, all the people that went on the parade for the, you know, police, stuff like that, they get paid a wage whether they're going to the coronation or not. Would some some of them have got overtime payment? Possibly, I don't know. I don't know if the armed forces get overtime. But you can be darn sure the people calculating this went and calculated the wage for the day of all those people. That wage was going to be paid whether there was the bloody coronation or not. Do you know what? I'm quite glad that you've mentioned that because I hadn't actually thought about that. That yeah. wage would have been paid. It's going to be paid. It's cool, Tracy. I'm glad I mentioned that. So, I mean... I hadn't thought about that. So that's a fair... That's yeah. Very, I mean, that's there was very- there was lots of stuff went on, you know, and I don't know how much it really cost. I mean, you know, it might... Only time I'm ever going to likely see a coronation. Well, that depends because, you know, there might be another one in a few yeah, years. How long Charlie lasts. But, you know... When you look at the number of people that visited London that weekend, yeah, how much did the economy benefit from those people being there? They'll be staying in hotels, they'll have been buying food, they'll have been paying for train. So there's a lot of economy goes on in the background. So I'm not saying it's right to spend that kind of money in what is hard times. Um. But you look at the BBC, the amount of money they would have got from televising all of this. There are lots of spin-offs from it. And I'm not agreeing that 100 million is is right because it isn't. But what I'm saying is the people will spin it to suit their argument. And I've seen it before. They include people's wages that would have been paid regardless. So, So when it comes to the cost of living... I refuse to accept that it's going to impact my life. And I know that sounds really ridiculous, but I just think it happens every couple of years. 
crack on and just yeah you're right it's it's a cycle of economy and we've had it before we've had it we've had it relatively easy since 2008 when the rates dropped so everybody's mortgages felt a little bit better and now they're all they're going up but I think the one crazy thing that I noticed that happened is the rates went up again and then one lender came out with the offer of 100% mortgages. And when one's done it, others will follow suit. Now, my... We think can, it, it's been crazy. Years, 20 years, 25 years since you get 100 Yeah, but it's crazy, Dawn. If you think hmm. about it, you know, the rate's going up landlords will be coming out because some of them now are paying more in interest than they're getting in rent if they're not increasing their rents or they can't increase their rents. Um, Landlords have had regulations put on them, which there's nothing wrong with, but, you know, some landlords are getting out of the market because of that. Well, that's okay. Get rid of the amateurs. That'll that'll suit. But what's crazy is if if people are offered 100% mortgages, right, and they go for it because of the fact that mortgage rates are high and it's the only way they're going to be able to get on the housing ladder. But there is potential that house prices might fall. April was the first month they hadn't fell relatively for a while. But if your house price falls when you've done 100% mortgage, you've now created negative equity. You've now put those people in a position where they're going to struggle to sell the house. And this is what happened in the 80s. Yeah. We were really, really lucky. We had a hundred percent mortgage because we didn't have any uh, any deposit back then. Um, so this would have been nineteen eighties seven, I want to say something like that. Latest nineteen eighty eight, and we just exchanged literally just exchanged just before the house prices went boom and went up. So luckily for us, we'd bought it cheap while the house prices were still low. So when the interest rates went up, it wasn't so bad for us. But literally in six months, the the value of my house doubled. And we thought, marvellous, but we paid less for it because we bought it just before that. But those people that bought houses when the house prices shot up were in exactly that situation that you've just described. And I'd suspected that that's why, because people were killing themselves. It was a terrible time. Well, the interest rates were, I don't know if they were quite at 16%, Ten, but they, no, were, they were edging 10. towards 16. I think they were edging towards 16% in 86. So that might have been just before you bought. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I always presume that the reason why they took the 100% mortgage uh, off off the table and you had to put a deposit down was to protect. Yeah, it, get, it gets to a point where the bank's got to protect the, the investment. And if they had, you know, there was a lot of banks in 86 were being given keys back, but they're like, well, we can't sell because we'll lose money. We lent these people 200 grand and this house is now worth 170. And, and of course, what the other dilemma of that is interest rates have gone up People can't afford to save money because the cost of living has gone up so much. So, so they've they got no savings. They're saving. They can't afford. Uh, uh, and even if they've got savings, they're not earning any interest from it because the interest rate's been really low. So, but they've got to keep the house market going and, and, and moving. So the only choice they probably do have in which case is to offer 100% 
mortgages. Yeah, but I, I uh, honestly think that's crazy. Well, if you get the right property, uh, do you know where I feel bad about this? Do you know something? And I'm really aware, I'm really aware, Tracy, that me going on to say what I'm about to say, that there, I can probably be accused of saying, of being, you know, being accused of, it's okay for you, you're not in a breadline situation, right? But this is about money mindset. It's not about the cost of living crisis because 30 years ago when I was just coming out of a women's aid hostel and going into a cow's house and I was a single mom with two children, I, I absolutely was on the breadline. Yeah. I absolutely would have 27 pence in my purse that had to last me until Monday when I got my income support. I, what I'm what I'm protecting here is I don't want to sound holier than thou is is what I'm saying and I don't want to remove compassion from the hard reality that that some people genuinely are on the, the breadline but if I was to look back over 30 years you know plus what you know back then when I was in a bit of a chiz let's say um what was it? that made a difference between how I went on to how some of my peers at the time managed with money and problems and being on the breadline. And I honestly think that it is your relationship with money and your mindset. And I think when I reflect back and look, if you really have, if you blame the government, if you, if you sat in a, you sat in a space of blaming others for the outcome of your life. And I understand that it feels sometimes like we don't have choices, but there are always choices. They might be hard. It might take time. I'm not saying it's easy because it bloody isn't. But if you can take responsibility yourself rather than the government aren't here to look after us, the government run our country as a business, and this is it. And it's just, just accepting that. And if you can have a better relationship with money it seems to work better and you seem to be okay yeah I think to some degree that's true I can say I'm quite grateful that you know I grew up on a council estate I grew up in a family where we had to get help with the uniforms for school you know we were getting handouts from social services I mean, we're talking like the 1970s now when the you know you think we've got a cost of living crisis now yeah, I I wasn't old enough to understand it, but when you look back in the history books, what happened in the seventies was even worse. But th I think the thing that saddened me, you know, there are going to be businesses that go out of business now. That's a fact of business. Yeah, there'll be cycles where businesses go under because they can't sustain the hard times. But I think the thing that saddened me the other day that made me wake up and realise that we do have a cost of living crisis and it's so much more than the Bank of England rates right now, was when I heard about a lady who, in order to go somewhere she needed to go, yeah, which was a checkup in a hospital, in order to go there, she went without food for two and a half days so she could afford the bus fare to get there. Which is horrific, isn't it? That's when I woke up and went, yeah, wherever you are in life, you will only ever see the impact of the cost of living on your life. You don't always appreciate the impact on other people's lives. Um, and that sort of saddened me in lots of ways was that sounds awful, 
but the amount of gratitude, the amount of feeling for that person. And I don't know who she was. I was listening to somebody mention it. Feel empathetic about that story. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with you. Um, So yes, I felt empathy, but I also felt gratitude. I yeah, I. I suspect there was times when my mum had to do similar things when we were younger. I suspect you've just mentioned the one about you got 27p till till the money came in on the Monday. It's the fact that, yes, there, there's choices to be made, but for some people those choices are bloody hard. I mean, to make the decision to not eat in order to be able to go for a hospital checkup, that's crazy. It It's also a reality, though, so... I haven't been in that situation for many, many years. But if I lit, if I now really immerse myself back into that kind of era, and there was me and my friend Dominique, who's still my very best friend, we used to walk everywhere because we couldn't, we couldn't afford, you know. And there was between us, there was the two of us with three children. Um, and and w- when things were really hard, we used to, there's a road in uh, in Birmingham, Lady Pool Road. It's uh, got a lot of Indian shops, which very often if you go to Indian, Asian shops, the fruit and vegetables and the meat, you know, it's it's cheaper. So we'd walk about an hour and go down there and we'd literally buy a chicken between us, three potatoes, three carrots. Like, you know, we'd yeah. do that and we'd share. Um, she went to university to become a teacher and back then you had to do it for four years and for four years she bought clothes for her and her little boy from a jumble sale because that's what she had to do to put herself through that four year at education you know and and so and when I think to myself what why didn't we stay in that I think what we decided we decided we were going to take responsibility for our financial state, good, bad or ugly, and however long it took and whatever needed to be done, we would do. Um, I can remember, I can remember once, uh, it was snowing and my washing machine had broke down and I'd I'd not long lived in the area that I live in and I didn't realise that there was a laundrette. I found out about five years later, I was furious. Uh, but there was actually a laundrette just around the corner. But I knew there was one near Dom, which was probably, I don't know, four miles, five miles. My eldest two were about five and six years old, and it was snowing, and we had to carry the bloody clothes from where I lived. It was a good four miles, I reckon, and walk all the way there to put them in the bag washing room. You know, just because I couldn't I couldn't afford a new washing machine. There was too much, you know, and it was winter, and, oh, some of the things that, that you have to do isn't great. Some of the times where, you know, you you literally you do you do need to jumble sail it and you do need to make those compromises and and so you cannot not have compassion for anybody who's on the breadline. Yeah. Businesses, I'd like to challenge what you'd said over such a little bit, especially as we've just gone through COVID. Any business, and I, I'm probably going to get spanked for this, but there you go. This is my genu- this is my genuine thoughts, Tracy. If you were in business through COVID and you didn't wake up, pull your socks up and educate yourself to pivot and move and keep your finger on the ball and and literally pivot and move as, a, as you needed to. If you didn't understand the importance through then, you never will. And I would go as far to say, I mean, there's always going to be 
an extreme situation where people don't have a choice and they do go out. But I think most people, if they pivot and look after their cash flow and they can prevent going out of business a lot if they do things, I, I think it would be less usual when a company goes under if we investigated that it could have been prevented had the business owners had their finger on the ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's like life, isn't it, in a way? You know, there are there are some people that are savers. There are some people that are spenders. Um, there are some people in the middle. You know, there's many people out there that while the money's coming in, they'll spend it instead of putting some by. And you've got businesses who are run like that as well. You know, oh, I've got money coming in, I'll spend it this month. No, you need to be actually getting yourself a buffer to cover yourself because there will be cycles in your business when less is coming in and there'll be cycles in your business when more is coming in. It's it's economy. It, there we go. We've had a really interesting uh, experience. So, so my industry, my day job is martial arts. So we deal with Joe Public. We're an added extra. We're not a, you know, a required service. Anybody who brings their children or participates in martial arts, it is because they want to. And prior to COVID, I think as a community, we were really, really, really relaxed about running it as a business. A lot of instructors all up and down the country, the biz- they weren't business savvy. COVID picked, you know, picked picked up some some momentum on that. Now we're out of restrictions. And where are we now? 2023. So it's been two years, hasn't it, near enough that we've been out. Martial arts, which is a frontline extra activity service. I don't think that there's a coincidence between the boom that we are experiencing a boom and we have done since the community decided to take it more seriously about treating their clubs as a business. Yeah, you go, and that I think that's a key thing with businesses. I mean, when it's being treated as a business, not a hobby, it it will be different. You know, if if you're doing something and it's more of a hobby, you are going to have a different mindset about how you run that than if you're doing something for a business, for an income. And, you know, there's also the opposite. In times of bad economy, there's often more businesses created. So it, it is all about economy. But in terms of cost of living, Dorm, that it's out there. There is an impact going on with the cost of living yeah. right now. I mean, crikey, the price of butter has gone through the roof. Um, well, the price of a lot of things have uh, gone through. Everything, and I think that's what's impacting us worse. That's what I was going to say earlier. The, the biggest thing I see different with this crisis is the thing that's going up in price are things that people don't have a choice. You know, we have to eat. It is a basic necessity. We can't get away from the increase in food. Can I, again, though, push back? And I know I sound like a bitch, and I don't mean to, honestly. <laughs> I'm just, I don't, I, my heart, honestly, I'm not being a bitch. But again, me and Dom have talked about this. Do you think that when things are that bad with price of food, as reassessing how we shop with food, stripping it back, and going and buying potatoes, vegetables, uh, you know, and, and cooking it. I don't go to the supermarket very often because I do it online. But when I do go to the supermarket, it does interest me 
the shite that we throw into our trolleys. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, supermarkets are getting really good, actually, because what always pissed me off is all the veg used to be perfect. Whereas now you'll go into quite a few of the supermarkets, they will sell what they call wonky veg. Wonky veg. Yeah, because vegetable grows the way it's going to grow. I buy wonky veg. Yeah, and it's a lot cheaper. No problem with that whatsoever. um, There's a lot of the supermarkets doing like budget lines, sort of, you know, they are, I've seen many supermarkets doing things to help and there are ways to cut the amount you spend down on food. Of course there is, but, you know, we're in a world where some people can boil a potato and some people can't. So who's to blame? The person that's got to buy the ready-made meal because they don't know how to cook from scratch or life itself were, I guess for many of us, we got complacent with all the convenience that was out there in the world. Right, so this is my point, so the convenience. And and I absolutely do not feel sorry. I don't, no, you can call me whatever you like. If you are telling me that you're you're on the breadline and you're spending an extra £50 a week on convenience foods because you don't know how to boil a potato or a vegetable, stop it. Stop it. Because because I know you've got a smartphone and I know you can go on Google and you, anybody can peel a potato and boil it. I don't care. Yeah, they I, can. I, I agree. And I will, it, will it be perfect? Not. Will it be perfect? Possibly not. Will they be hard the first time you do it? Possibly, yes. Will they go soggy and sort of flake in the water because you leave them to... Yeah, but you know what? All of us... Cost you 35p, not £3.50. Yeah, that's the big difference. And there are people out there, Dawn, that will now be doing this. They'll be using those smartphones to learn how to cook from scratch. Um, but all, you know, I go back to my point I uh, made earlier. The cost of living crisis is just a term that the papers, the journalists have created. Yeah. The politicians created that. For individuals, the crisis is subject to your current life and what, how what's going on impacts you. And we're all going to be impacted in different ways by what's going on in the world at the minute. We are. And there's something in me that, thinks that after we've gone through this opulent era where even when we're on the poverty line it's normal to pay a makeup artist to do your makeup and get your nails done and this is what I find crazy is is my crazy one right there are people out there and I will say, you know, I'll go back to the lady who I do not know. I heard the story. And by the way, the way, reason she wasn't walking anywhere, Dawn, she was heavily pregnant. God, I just yeah. I can't so there are people out there who are in genuine dire straits because yeah. of the crisis going on in the economy at the minute. But what I've never understood is people moaning about the price of butter and the price of tomatoes and then paying 35 quid to have their nails done. Yeah, it makes no sense. What but, is more important in life? Yeah, if we can if we can say, okay, we've had we've had, you know, an era of, of opulence and now we're gonna have to strip back a bit, maybe it might be a good thing for for us to strip back our lifestyles a little bit yeah. and not put so so when I was in poverty, 
nobody would have took a blind bit of notice that neither me or my children were in de- no, we weren't in designer clothes because nobody then was in designer clothes. But we've got apart we've from got, genuinely very wealthy people. But now, sadly, the world's like if you go to school and you've not got. I really like schools on. that have uniforms because it brings everybody back to the same level. Because yeah. I remember somebody who said they'd got hardly any money. This was a few years ago, but they were buying Nike trainers. And I'm like, yeah. but everybody, it's right what you said, Dawn. Everybody has a choice. And I suppose to wrap this episode up, because we must, we're getting, we're getting past our time in more ways than one. <laughs> Um, everything in life is a choice. How you're impacted by the current crisis is going to be based on your life. So the papers are going to paint it a certain way, but we're all impacted differently. But at the end of the day, when whether it's opulent times or stringent times, we all have choices. Yeah, even when they're not very nice. Sometimes. Yeah, and some of them are hard. Nobody's disputing that. I really um, hope if you're worried about money, if you're worried about money, there is help out there. Yeah. There is. And it, and the biggest thing is, and this is, you know, not to, not to feel that if you've, if you're struggling and you don't have any money, that it has any impact on your own personal worth as a person. I think that's important to say. Yeah. The, the, yeah, that is a really good point, Donna. And and many people will be impacted personally. Their self-esteem might be hit, yeah. you know, and we know that there are people out there struggling. Um, you know, be if you're not one of the people struggling right now, be grateful. You've heard. Be grateful. Yeah, be very yeah, grateful. Yeah. And you know what? You know, get in touch. You know, we're on Instagram. Yeah. Messages on Instagram. Is it Real Women Podcast on Instagram, Dawn? Yes, I think so. Uh, you can email us at info at realwomenpodcast.co.uk. Get in touch and let us know what you think about the cost of living. Is there a crisis? Is it simple economics? But be grateful. Show a bit of gratitude. Um, I know we'll all, we're all empathetic to people we know and meet that are struggling. And if you're moved by what we've chatted about, then get in touch. Let's start a bloody foundation. Let's start a revolution Let's be a bunch of rebels. And if we're grateful that we've not yet been impacted, then, you know, start a revolution and let's start helping those that are. Yeah, love that, Tracy. Yeah. And with that, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you for your company and to share your spandex and stiletto stories with us, tag at Real Women Podcast on Instagram.